What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer, and thank you for joining me for this retro review of Shinmu 2. Now, about six months ago, I played through the first Shinmu. Absolutely enjoyed my time there. I said it was worth a replay. I said it was a relive in my review. So, with that being said, how did I feel about Shinmu 2? Considered one of the greatest games of all time. Considered the swan song of the Dreamcast. And considered a game that we waited so long to get a sequel to that it's almost mythic in its relevance in gaming. So finally getting to Shinmu 2. Well, let's talk about the graphics. Let me just say, this is a remaster. This is the 2018 remaster, the same way I played the Shinmu 1 game. I gotta say, the remaster process did really well on this game. There's nothing that's gonna make this game look anything other than an original Xbox or a Dreamcast game, but the way they went in and brought things up to the high-definition era of gaming, I think was really well done. Because there's a lot of times you can go into these games... Uh, when they're older and you play them, whether you're hooking up a PS2 or you're playing just a port of some of these games, and they don't look good. Like, they're very dark. They look a little stretched out here or there. That's because they were broadcast on SD TVs, and now you're putting them on, whether it be 4K or just 1080, you're putting on these TVs that they're trying to fill in for. With this remaster, they went in, they brightened up the graphics, because you can actually toggle back to the old school resolution if you want to. I think they kind of tightened up some of the lines. There's not a lot of blurriness, especially if you ever look at signage in video games, especially older games. A lot of times it's hard to read the signage. In this game, you can read, for the most part, all the signs. Everything looks really clear. I thought the characters' faces look really good. I mean, again, these are kind of back when gaming faces were painted and they didn't really move a whole lot. Maybe they kind of nod their head. Maybe occasionally their eyes would move, but you didn't see a lot of movement. So I thought they looked really good. And some of the faces, I think, still look pretty good. Joy, for example, is this girl you meet in the game. I think her face stands out as like, wow, that kind of looks like a portrait you would see. Ryu looks, I mean, he looks really good as well. A lot of the different characters you meet, I thought everything looks cool. What's, one thing that I will point out is, you know, if you go back to the old school GTA games, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, San Andreas, they all have these claw hands, right? Like they're just one giant claw hand, if you will. This game came out around the same time. It didn't have that. Now, granted, yes, they don't have all their fingers moving around a whole lot unless they're pointing or something. But the, just the design of the characters, I thought, looked really good for that time period and for this remaster that came out in 2018. What about voice acting? Because that's something people have talked about for a long time before I get into the actual story. And for me, yes, I thought the voice acting was cheesy. A lot of the times, I thought it wasn't so much the delivery a lot of it had to do with the lines. Now, I'm going to give it some leeway here because whenever you write for a game and you write it in Japanese and then you have it translated to English, sometimes some things are going to get lost in translation. Remember, a winner is you from the Nintendo days. I kind of feel like some of that still happens in this game as well. But it is a little bit to do with the fact of, and I hate to be rude when I say this, but the people who were the voice acting probably not having the same skill set that we're used to now. I mean, if you think back into the late 90s, early 2000s, video games were very much a subculture thing. It wasn't big in culture, right? Like, I was in high school in this time and fresh out of high school when this game came out. And video games were something you did on the side. It was a hobby, but it wasn't as well received as it is now. So you didn't have a lot of celebrities jumping into doing these voice acting roles, which meant that the people that carried a lot of these spots were not exactly the greatest actors they weren't you know lined up to do a lot of stuff whereas now I mean we get movie stars doing it we get well-known voice I mean we have entire performance artist people and that's the new what they're called now is performance artists that are just popular in and of themselves I mean 
You have Roger Clark, Laura Bailey. I mean, there's just a ton of them now. Wasn't like that back then, so I understand that, you know, maybe they got the best they could. So I didn't feel like any of it was bad, but I do say this in case you go load this game up, that just be prepared. Some of the voice acting is not going to blow you away. So when it comes to the story, I'll say this as well. I thought the pacing was well done. Uh, I will say again, I'm going to get to the third act here in a little bit, but I will say in the second act, there was kind of one area that I thought just went a little bit too long. It's ultimately you're trying to track somebody down. All you have is a recording and you're going by a bell sound and then you're going by a bird sound and then you're trying to figure out where this person might be and then you're having to trail that person. I just thought that while that was all interesting, some of that could have been slimmed down. And it's not a case of, oh, it's just too long, it's too tedious. It's more of just nothing really happens. It's kind of almost feels like a long filler moment. And some of that, and I'll bring this up when I get to the third act again, is it feels like they wanted this to be an epic game, which means they had to get so many hours, so they extended that. But other than that, I didn't really feel like the first two acts had any pacing issues. I thought they moved at a relatively cool pace. You were always doing something, always talking to somebody. There's always somewhere to go, and I enjoyed that. Now, what about when you get to the gameplay? Because that flows right into the gameplay because, yes, there are some things to gameplay when it comes to fighting. This game has a kind of virtual fighter-style fighting, if you remember that series from back in the day. And I thought, you know what? All in all, the fighting in this game was a lot better than the fighting in the first game. It was a little bit more redefined. I enjoyed it more. There's also... The QTEs, again, this is like the series that kind of made that popular. And for the most part, the regular QTEs, you know, the circle pops on screen, the X, whatever it may be, I thought those worked well. They do introduce a new type of QTE in this game called a command QTE. And it's almost like Simon says. Like, you'll see the directional buttons and the face buttons on the screen, and you'll have to mimic what they do. So they might go down, down, X, and you have to type those in. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought they were hit or miss. Sometimes I would do them. And I swear, the first time, I did it right, but it wouldn't read it. As soon as the second time would pop up, the retry, I would do it exactly like I did it the first time, and I would pass it. So I don't know. Like Maybe it is just me, and I just don't catch it, but there were so many times that it would happen, and I'd be like, what the heck? And as soon as I would do it the same way, it would go through, and it was always the first time, got it the second time. Very few times did I ever miss it one, two, three times. It was always just one time I would miss it, the next time I would get it, and then I would get several of them in a row, and then another one pop up, and I would miss it again on the first try. So just putting that out there. Then they do some cool stuff as well that I think needs to be highlighted. It's these little things, man, these little things that I call quality of life updates. If you remember my review from the first game, I said that there might be times where somebody would say, hey, you have to be here at 8 p.m. tonight. Well, it's 8 a.m. when they tell you that, and you have nothing to do in the game. And back in the day, I'm sure it was awesome. You went to the arcade. You could play the little arcade games, walk around the city, kind of just take that in. Nowadays, that feels like a little bit like, okay, I'll just play on my phone for quote-unquote 12 game hours. This game actually does a really cool thing where they add it. Where somebody tells you that, a little pop-up is going to pop up and offer you to just wait. And you'll wait there, and it'll speed time up until it is that time that you need it to be. Oh, man, I love that. Another cool thing is this game still has that night cycle where at 11 o'clock at night you have to be in bed and it's kind of funny because it'll pop up and just abruptly take you from where you're at and take you to the bedroom of whatever hideout you're in what's really cool is once you wake up the next morning you get the option of starting from where you're at right now or going to where you left off yesterday I think those little things right there the waiting and the starting off from yesterday to me 
absolutely are just a huge improvement in this game. There's that quality of life that just goes, okay, cool. I don't have to just wait and find time. That's a big deal. I don't know if those were added for the remaster. If they were out in 2001, I definitely think that it was huge for people because in a current open world game, if you have to wait so many in-game hours, there's usually a ton of stuff to do to take your mind off of it. This game being as old as it is and, and what was available technology-wise, there wasn't as much to do. Sure, you could go gamble, and I made a lot of money in gambling, but it's it's not the same type of activity. So I think that weight feature really was a huge deal for me. Well, what about the cities themselves? So the first city I thought was awesome. You're in Hong Kong. I thought it was really well done. I thought the layout was cool. I liked checking things out and looking. The second city, though, I thought it was a little too crowded. I thought kind of running around through different areas was a little bit more bumpy, congested. And part of that is because of the tank controls. Now, I don't want to scare people. I am not a fan of tank controls. I wasn't a fan back on the PlayStation. One days when I was playing it was why I didn't play through all of the Resident Evil games back then. But I can tell you they have taken the tank controls away and it is free movement with your analog stick. However, just like I said in the first Shinmu game, it's not 100%. You still feel some of that tightness from tank control. So if you're in a little small corner and you're trying to turn around and go to the left sharply, you might be in for a rough couple of seconds as between the camera and the controls and Ryu, it just like you're just moving all around. So understand that. So when you get to something like that second city that is way more congested, that can be kind of frustrating from time to time. It's never too bad. It's never too in your face, but those little moments can be like, oh, come on. And what about work in this game? We've talked about that for years and years, the side jobs in Shinmu. So in this game, I did a couple. I moved boxes, which are command prompts, and you're carrying with somebody, and he might say, left, left, and you have to hit left, left twice, or right, right, whatever it may be. For the most part, I thought those were cool. I thought that was a fun little way to make money. I did that uh, twice in the game, honestly. You have to do it one time, and then the second time, I wanted to get a... Uh, a new fighting move so I went and did it as well they have one where you have to move books I actually kind of like this one this was kind of one of those challenges where like I am going to do this and you're carrying these heavy stacks of books and it'll pop up on screen so you don't drop it to press left or press right or press left left I mean it was just like that but trying to keep up with what was going on and doing it I thought it was a cool little mini game so definitely something to be aware of you'll do those kind of things from time to time and then there is gambling I knew in this game I'd read enough to know that Hey, you want to have a decent amount of money in the game, about five grand. I actually made about 400. Then I took it and I gambled up until I had 11,000. Some fun games. High Low was actually a really fun game where you basically have to bet on what the number of dice are going to be shown. And, you know, do you want to bet that's going to be high or low? Do you want to say that it's going to be 10 or 11? Do you want to say it's going to be sequential numbers? I honestly loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun running night, just, just running my money up and becoming very wealthy. So definitely some cool stuff to do on the side. Again, there are a few arcades in this game. One arcade sticks out with a few games, and then there's two hidden arcade machines to find throughout the world. But did anything kind of bug me or hinder me when it comes to actual gameplay? I'll tell you that for me, I thought that the final area you, you go to in Act 2 is this building you got to get... At first to the 17th floor, then the 40th floor, and then all the way down to the basement. I'll be honest with you. I felt like that just kind of drug on just a little too much. Only because when you went to certain areas, certain floors had different enemies looking for you. Maybe you had to sneak by them. Maybe you had to fight them. Maybe it was QTs. I thought as you did that, I thought it was interesting. 
But when you went to certain floors and it was just the exact same thing as the one before or nothing was on the floor, whatever, and it was just for the sake of getting up to 17 flights or whatever, I thought that could be just a little bit tedious after a while. Again, it just kind of felt like it was stretching things out a decent amount. Now, that being said, when it comes to stretching things out, now I want to get to the epilogue. Look, I put a thing out on Twitter about the epilogue, and people have let me know that they loved it back in the day. They didn't have an issue. Some people have definitely agreed with me, but the last, I will say, hour and 45 minutes, I just do not get. I don't. You get off a boat in this small little town. You have to go find this village way you know, out in the wilderness type deal in the forest in China, and ultimately, you're going to meet somebody, Shinfu, which is actually the young girl that you see on all the box art or whatnot. And you've never met her till this point. It's a very into Shinmu too that you actually meet her. And you're going to journey with her back to her village. Gamers, it is, and I'm sorry if this offends you if you're a Shinmu fan. I'm sorry if you find this so unique and fun. It is one of the most tedious, boring things I have done in gaming in my life. Occasionally, there will be a quick time event come up where you have to like run with her and jump and move. They go on a little bit long, but whatever. I mean, it's breaking something up. But most of it is just walking and her talking. And to be honest with you, I listen to the conversations. I want to know what's going on. I didn't feel like any of them were really that necessary. And it goes on and on. And then at one point, you have to camp. And she sends you to send firewood. And you just walk around this cave. Pick, you're literally, you see it. You're picking up firewood and bringing it back to her. Then you go the next day and then you'll get lost and you have to take the lead of where to go even though the map is not helping you at all. So you're just kind of running in circles hoping you go to the right way with again just a bunch of dialogue that doesn't do anything. Had this only taken about 30 minutes, right? Just here's a bunch of dialogue, we want you to hear it. I probably wouldn't have had a problem. I'm talking an hour and 45 minutes from the time you meet up with her and start walking to the time you get to her house. Once you get to her house, where the game comes to its conclusion, I thought was really well done. You see a Shinmu tree. You see, uh, you know, some more kind of important information about her father, and you kind of get to the conclusion of the game and the mystery that it sets up. But that hour and forty-five minute walk, I just sat there going, "What is the point of this?" Other than the fact that again, this is that life simulation. So hey, you have to cross two mountains. That's going to take two days. So we want you to walk for two days, and they want to fill up that in-game time. I just, I don't see it. Like, there was just no point in this. Ultimately, I just found it to be one of those things that makes me scratch my head. Like, man, we make fun of Metal Gear Solid 3 for the ridiculously long ladder climb. We make fun of all these games for these things that just don't make no sense. But for 20 years, nobody has talked about this epilogue area that takes almost two hours just of walking for no significant purpose. I don't get it, guys. I really, really don't. But let's talk about fun factor and trophies, move to something a little bit different. Ultimately, the only time I didn't have fun in this game was the epilogue. It honestly got so long that I was getting frustrated because there was just no point in it. And the part where you're kind of trailing the one person, figuring out who they are, listening to the sounds, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just felt like it went a little too long. But I enjoy walking around talking to the different people. I think that is a remarkable thing this game could do this 20 years ago. Walking around, talking to so many different people, finding information, like the bread trails that you have to go through. While you're still getting information over here by these people, you're also doing all this other stuff. I enjoy that. I think that's really well done. I think the story's interesting. I love to see where they're going. So honestly, I really did. And plus you add in a combat style that when you're fighting, I think is a lot easier than the first game and more enjoyable. 
I think it's a great improvement. And again, I can't speak highly enough of that weight feature. What about trophies? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to say I got the platinum in this game. I will say, there are about 16 missable trophies in this game. You have to kind of be on your lookout for them. I would highly recommend if you want to get the platinum in this game to pull up a trophy guide and read it. You're not really going to get spoiled with looking up where and how to do the secret trophies, but they are well hidden. Like, if you don't know that you get a trophy for helping a guy fix his sign, you may never even talk to this guy. So, definitely be on the lookout for that. But all in all, just playing through the game, I was relatively easily getting that platinum trophy. So guys, is it a relive, meaning replay it right now, or is it a remember saying, hey, some things are just better left in the past? Honestly, this is a relive. I enjoyed my time with it. Sure, I had my issues with the epilogue part, walking for two hours, but at the end of the day, that's not gonna negate the fact that I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the characters, the journey. I enjoyed even the ending. Once you got past the walk and you got to the house and you found out more and you seen the ending, I, I enjoyed all of that. So it's definitely a relive. I can't wait to really get into Shinmu and really see where the story goes from there. But with that being said, gamers, I would love to hear your feedback on Shinmu 2 and this review, this show, because I expect I might have some people disagreeing with the ending of Shinmu 2 and that walk if Twitter is in the indication. So you can let me know, thegraveyardgamer@gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at thegraveyardgamer, where I'll be posting some Shinmu picks pretty soon, or you can find me on Twitter and let me know how wrong I am at thegraveyardg. Till next time, I'll be creeping.